Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, our holiday series. This is part three, and we're talking about how you can form traditions of worship in your family around holidays. What are you guys going to talk about? Well, and I'm Shane, and I'm going to talk to you about how it's okay to teach your kids about the nativity scene using a Fisher Price or Little People's playset. It all works. Yeah. And my name is Matt, and I'm going to talk about how worshiping with your family doesn't mean that you have to sing some songs. You can do some other things as well. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways. This is our holiday series. This is part three where we're talking about worship and holidays. Thanks for being on, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to get into it. So let's just start here as we're talking about uh, the holiday season. And as we're gathering our families, if worship needs to be involved, should holidays be worshipful? Like, is there a reason? Do we have a a biblical precedent? Like, why, why would a holiday be worshipful? Or can it just be, you know, tons and tons of fun and presents and things like that? I mean, every opportunity is an opportunity to worship God, you know? I mean... God says to give thanks in all in all things for all for all reasons. Uh, David says, you know, I'll, I'll praise the Lord every day, I'll extol Your name every day, and so I think that if if life is worship, and, and we believe that it is, then any moment within every you know season, every every week is an opportunity for us to respond to God in praise. And I think there's a lot of things that we can do that don't involve singing that that are gonna come out as as worship in terms of our response. Yeah, I think just as Christians, like there's a there's a purpose why we celebrate like holidays such as Christmas, and it's because you know our Lord and Savior is coming to Earth to finally just make things right, and so there should be like what Matt was saying. There's a reason why we worship and give God praise for that absolute reason. So I think that should be the front of all of our you know thinking of the holidays if we are claiming to be believers. Yeah, especially when it's especially when it's there, right? Like that's what Christmas is about. So we're not making Christmas something that it's not. It's one thing when you're taking, you know, Valentine's Day as an opportunity to celebrate God's love for us, which you could do totally, but you're you're kind of you're finagling it a little bit, right? But now as a family, it's like, well, when we gather for something like a Thanksgiving, like that's worship is built in. When we gather for something like Christmas, worship is built in. We're talking about Jesus coming, you know, like we know that that's the meaning behind Christmas. And so when we gather over those reasons, there's uh, worship kind of built in. Yeah. And like you were getting at, Matt, if, um, if, if I'm sitting here watching and I'm saying, okay, well, I'm not a worship leader, right? So how am I going to lead my family in worship? How am I going to create worshipful moments in a holiday setting? Like you said, it doesn't have to be singing. So what would that look like to make a, a holiday family gathering worshipful? I mean, I think you you think of the holidays. These are high points in in a calendar year. These are things that we look forward to. These are things that we spend a lot of time organizing to bring family and friends together. I think acknowledging the goodness of God in the relationships. I think taking time to recognize his good gifts to us. A lot of times, you know, when, when you go around a Thanksgiving table, you know, maybe you're taking time to go around and say, hey, what's, what's one thing you're thankful to God for in your life? I think when it comes to Christmas, 
Um, this is a time for us to stand in wonder and in awe at the incarnation, the fact that God has come near, and to talk about that, to talk about the wonders and the awesome nature of, of God and, and who he is and what he did in, in coming to this earth. So I think there's a lot of things for us to marvel at and to respond with hearts of worship uh, in the midst of those moments that don't necessarily involve singing. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you don't want to sing and it's just maybe uncomfortable, you don't think you have the best voice, I mean, we could just read God's word and you can read through the Gospels of Matthew or or in, or in Luke and just the story of Christmas. You know, I just think in Luke, um, just like when Mary finds out she's pregnant and the excitement that Elizabeth's baby, John the Baptist has and and that you can really encourage your, your children. Like for me, I have little ones like from two to one and Matt has teenagers and young adults in your family, so they're on a different level of understanding i'm now trying to prepare them to understand the meaning of christmas so it might go differently of how i tell the story than one with older kids and cultivating that um just an environment with the family that doesn't want to sing because i think yeah it's not worshiping is not just singing that's a part of it but a lot of it's just praying and giving thanks to who god is yeah i mean we've got we've got musicians in our home and so you would think that, you know, the people in our home who play an instrument and who have a maybe a, just a natural bent toward music would want to engage uh, in a singing time at home. And that is never the case in our home. <laughs> like, uh, there is singing that takes me. place. It's, it's, it's usually loud and, and it's usually Brandon, uh, you know, walking through the house singing at the top of his lungs. But when it comes to a gathering of us, you know, let's let's sing the doxology together that feels awkward that doesn't feel natural (laughs) but instead maybe we can fill the room with an atmosphere of worship even in the playlist that's 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 coming out of the speaker in the kitchen yeah that's true and trying to create an environment of of worship and praise that may not may not require a formal getting together and singing through a song but you're, you're you're filling the space with an atmosphere of praise I love how you say the Christmas, like, or just the the, the song selections, because I think Christmas has the only playlist that's gonna have like, like Christian songs mixed with like the just commercial music, you know. Like, there's gonna sing about the Lord's birth, and it's like some celebrity, you know, singing about a way in a manger. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, you can kind of really blend those two together. I think another one too is like, um, my wife and I we got it a few years ago, but it was an Advent devotional. And it was written by Paul Tripp. You know, it says, come and behold him. And it was just one day um, from December 1st all the way to the 25th of Christmas morning. And you would read that in chapter day one was about the angels. So you're learning about just, and then he just does a wonderful job of breaking it down, of just finding the true meaning of that. So there's, I think there's a lot of great resources out there too. If you want to go a different route, you know, hopefully it, they honor God, those resources. But yeah. And they don't have to be awkward or forced, right? Like right. even what you're talking about is almost like we're we're actually building up to the event mm-hmm. of the yeah. of the holiday. We're not even like just waiting for Christmas to get here to make it meaningful, but we're mm-hmm. spending the month building up in our anticipation and, our, and preparing our hearts for uh, to to be excited on that day as we prepare this whole month. So you can you can have it as kind of this slow build up. You can have a meaningful moment at Christmas that doesn't have to be like, hey, we're we're all going to get together and sing now, you know, (laughs) which can feel really awkward and forced. Mm -hmm, And here's the other thing too, at at a family gathering, sometimes when it's not even just our immediate family, 
you have people who don't know Jesus there, yeah. right? So right. how do you navigate that in larger family settings where you can still bring like, hey, we're, we're believers. We believe that Christmas is a huge deal to us. And so how can we bring that excitement and joy and even that positioning of awe and wonder in our hearts to Christmas when there's non-believers there? How can we almost kind of expose them to the worship yeah. involved in that? I don't even know how to answer that question, really. I mean, I, I think it's a challenge. I, I feel it every year. You know, you're yeah. in a mixed environment, mixed company. It, you're all family, but you're on different places on this spectrum of, of spiritual receptivity. And so you don't want to be <laughs> the one who is just sort of deflating, you know, the environment and, and, and taking the life out of the party. So maybe it's more in terms of my own, I, I think a lot of it might be just God help me to be a joy-filled, grace, graceful person, you know, in my interactions with people. Help them to see the love of Christ uh, in, in the way that I act. I know that a lot of times, you know, family interactions, they can be... Uh, really enjoyable and really fun, but sometimes they can be tense and awkward and strained. And, and so you have all those things kind of yeah. playing into the environment as well. Yeah. So what does it look like to reflect the love and the goodness of Christ in my attitude with my words? And how do I bring, you know, Christ into this in, in a way that is, I don't know, winsome? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Um, not forced. Yeah. yeah, and maybe, I mean, for me, because I've had those situations where we just, you know, you have birthday parties and we want to pray before the meal and there's other mm -hmm. family members there. Right. But we can, in our prayer, we can, you know, be strategic of what we're saying and kind of like planting the seed, like, Lord, we know why we celebrate this season and we're so grateful to come together and that you've given most of us new life and people are like, what's going on? But just slowly drop it because, yeah, it's like, it can be awkward. Yeah. And I think maybe preparing before that, I don't think, I don't right. do that. That's a great one, man. It's like, Hey man, like we've are, we've had a rough season already because just with all the busyness of the season and going to recitals and Christmas plays and then yeah. just working at a church and getting things ready for um, our own Christmas Eve services and then you gotta you kind of want to just sit down by the fire and not have to deal with family, you know? And like, oh, they're here. Yeah. And how do I present Christ? Yeah. And the way I live. Yeah. When there hasn't been that forethought ahead of time to almost get ready for it mm -hmm. and gear yeah. up mentally. Mm -hmm. And I even think, you know, a, a little bit different for you guys because you guys are generally involved in Christmas Eve services and stuff like that. So you're away from your families for those moments where we have stuff going on church-wise. But I think about people who are going to have family into town who might not want to come to church for a Christmas Eve service. Like we do have this great advantage of even online resources now that you can tune into something. I think about like sometimes the best way to bring up Jesus in a family setting around Christmas or something like that when not everybody there is a believer is to have somebody else bring it up who's not me, right? So mm -hmm. it's like around shared content, right? Mm -hmm. So instead we're gonna, let's tune in and watch the Christmas service or even this year after Christmas is gonna be a Sunday. So there's gonna be a church service streamed online on Sunday as well. And so there's these kind of like little moments where you could say like, hey, we're gonna watch church after uh, this day after Christmas, or we're gonna watch the Christmas Eve service that our church is doing. We'd love, since our family's over at our house, we'd love if you guys joined in, but you don't have to. And then you kind of allow something else to almost stimulate the, the conversation. Like, are you guys a, a fan of something like that? Or like allowing something else to drive it? Or does it feel too forced for you? I'm such a modest guy. 
that it would be hard for me to to show something where hey, <laughs> I'm on the screen in. for a, yeah. a good portion of the time. Hey, come oh, watch yeah. me. Come watch me. Hey, yeah, yeah check out song too. Watch this one. Yeah, no, yeah. that's. I yeah, I guess I love the idea, yeah. but I think in my particular context, it, it feels like it could be perceived as self-serving, maybe. But if you pull yourself out of the like, you're not in the Christmas Eve. I think it's a, a good way. It's like hey, you sure. wanna, don't trick him. Say hey, we're gonna watch Elf tonight. And then all of a sudden you put on <laughs> it's Christmas Eve service. Christmas, oh, sorry. We're guess, watching Elf after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the this is the free show. This is only an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get to Elf. Don't soon. worry. And then we can quote Elf all day. Yeah. Or you know, just like this will replace the Christmas Carol. Like I know because I know there's families that have those traditions. Like we watch Elf this day and that, and that's that's fun, right? But I think it might be easier for some than others. I just, I mean, I've always enjoyed going to even like school recitals. Yeah. I love hearing the the third graders just try to play Jingle Bells. It just sounds wonderful, right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and you just earn, yeah, think of was, hot cross buns <laughs> on a recorder yeah. and then just to put you know, a, Jingle Bells. apply it to Jingle Bells. Or you know, but then there's always you know the little kids are just you know they're going to be the shepherds of the sheep. You know the story's there and it's really fun. But but that's just my my view. But I think people are also more willing to attend something like that, whether it's in person or even at a house. Yeah. Like, hey, why don't why doesn't everyone just bring their favorite like little dish? Like, let's do a potluck and we're gonna watch a servicing. I think that'd be a great opportunity. If they don't fill up for it, it's like, hey, look, you guys wanna go to dinner before this, you know, mm-hmm. um, Christmas Eve service at our church? Let's all meet at, you know, this restaurant. That's the other thing is we're assuming that they wouldn't even want to show up in person, but yeah. in a lot of cases, man. It, that's kind of built in as a Christmas tradition, the assumption that we'd go see a play yeah. or some kind of an event. And a church Christmas Eve service fits in that. Like, it's a great invite opportunity. Yeah, I think they're probably the easiest things to invite people to. Yeah. Because so yeah. many people celebrate Christmas, whether it's for the commercial aspect or actually because they have a belief yeah. right. in a relationship with um, with our Savior. Yeah, it can be an easy crossover. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, the answer is always no unless you ask. Yeah. So if you don't ask, it's always no. That's great. That's like you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Same vibe. Um, so so tell me this. What? Like, what? <laughs> Wayne quote Gretzky. Quote. Oh, right. Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about this then. How do you, like, even when you look at your own family, how do you create traditions of worship where it's almost... Because I think when I think about the sweet spot for worshiping throughout a holiday... It would be that the the people, like your kids who are there in that moment with you are expecting there's going to be this moment of kind of taking things seriously and mm-hmm. worshiping and, and understanding that God's here in this moment with us and that we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be excited about in the future, so much to hope in. Um, how do you create traditions of worship in your family where it's almost kind of expected or even looked forward to? We started when when our kids were little. We started doing this thing called adornments, and I don't. Did you do adornments? I never did you didn't do adornments. Yeah. Didn't, I, I'm yeah. listening because I have young kids. So well, I'm, yeah, he's taking yeah, notes. I'm and like, the point yeah. is, it, it eventually morphed into something that was maybe a little bit more, you know, relevant for my teenage kids. But it it was a, a cardboard, you know, kind of a hardback book, and inside were these these little ornaments uh, that were attached. You know, each each one connected to a devotional. And, and it was basically a, a way to celebrate Advent, 
um, by reflecting on the names of Jesus. So one of them might be, you know, uh, light of the world or living water, bread of life, the door, the vine, king of kings, Emmanuel, God with us. And so each time we would take a little ornament out of out of the book and we'd open it up and and today we'd be talking about say light of the world very very short little you know explanation of yeah. the name and the title and and how that you know is attributed to the character of jesus and it was a way for us to um to you know look at the manger but then pan out you know who is this jesus and and, and what does it mean that that god came to earth and 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 who you know who is he and what did he do and what does his name represent and, and what does he provide for us and so that was a way for us to to really expand on 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 the person and the work of jesus through these adornments we'd have a little christmas tree kind of set aside and so each day that we focused on one of these things we'd do the devotional we'd we'd, we'd talk about the characteristic and then we'd we'd hang the ornament on on that little tree and what that's done, I, it still comes out even even now, even though my kids are you know 15 all the way up to 20. Uh, you bring you, you take the box of, of Christmas decorations out, and that book is still there, and it still provides a springboard for for conversation. Uh, it may not be the cutesy little you know ornament thing hanging on the tree, although that may still happen. Um, but it does provide a springboard for yeah. for just bigger conversations with with my teenagers. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, how old were they when you started that? Oh, they were probably, Evan was probably three and Brandon was probably seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like some of them were old Something enough to like read that. and they could, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. I like that it's, it's crossing some different divides, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just intellectual. It's not just like, let me read this thing to you, but you've got something that you can hold and touch and see right. and you can put it on the tree. And like, even that act of putting something on the tree, it, it builds this tradition, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of built into the right. And there's definitely a meter of time that you have. I yeah. think sometimes you, you know, you want to just have this 15, 20, 30 minute family devotional and you realize that after about seven minutes, you know, they're all, they're all heading clouds. Yeah, they're looking else. all around. Yeah. So I have to be patient and, and just be willing to say, okay, it's going to be a slow drip. Every time we get, we, we focus on one of these things, it's going to be a little drip into, um, you know, underscoring the, the person of Christ mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah, yeah. There's a tension to not overdoing it, mm-hmm. right? Not trying to yeah. force too much. Right. Yeah. With a two-year-old and a one-year-old, you just like want to like touch everything. You know, we have like one of those like Fisher Price nativity scenes, but it only gets brought out during Christmas. We time. had that same one. Yeah, do you? Yeah. You should have bought it from little you. tykes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the little people. Yeah, little people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, takes, yeah little people. They yeah. probably own each other. Yeah. But yeah, and we read this story and it's like, oh, grab the shepherd, you know. Okay, grab, where's where's Joseph? Where's where's Mary? And then, oh, baby Jesus is now born now, so he needs to be in the manger. And so you're just um, you're prepping them. And because they're young minds, so they have an understanding of it. And there's so many great books out there too and stuff. And then like, there's a book by um, R.C. Sproul. It's a children's book called The Donkey Who, uh, Who Carried a King. And it's just, you know, it's a children's book. It's probably, probably maybe from four on up, you know, might be too um, advanced for my two little ones, but we still have that book because we can't wait to read it to them to get a different understanding, you know, of it. But I think it really comes just as parents, how are you teaching them? How are you equipping them? Like uh, the ornaments, you know, or are you doing something different? I'm sure there's ways that you can go do the rings. Like you maybe write Bible verses on the rings until Christmas day. Cause so many kids are used to it. Maybe with friends at school of, we celebrate Christmas, Christmas because of presents. 
And maybe they need to understand, like, no, there's a bigger meaning, and it's the best present that's ever given to us, you know, yeah. and that's our Savior. So you, that could be at the last ring. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so they just have that understanding. That little, what do we call it? Little Fisher tags, Price. Fisher Price, little Fisher people. Price, little people in nativity. Yeah. Again, maybe we're just stuck in old traditions, but that nativity still makes its way out it's still in front there. of the tree on Christmas Eve. All the kids, when the, the, the kids usually put us to bed now, so it's yeah. hard to actually prepare <laughs> for, for, for Christmas Day like we used to when they like to stay up until one or whatever. So mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, it's like, go to bed, go to bed. Yeah, We've got things to do. Um, but Corey will still bring that out, and she'll put it in front of the tree. And it's almost as if on Christmas Day when everyone comes out to the tree, it's kind of like, you know, a statement. Like, we're not going to get to the gifts under the tree until we, first of all, take time to remember, you know, mm-hmm. who who this is all about and why we do this. And so, you know, it's funny that that still makes an appearance, but it, it serves as, as a little prompt of, of just reminding us of, of what this is all about. That's and cool. I, I love what you guys are saying, too, that these traditions, <clears throat> they need to evolve, right? Because, like, if you... If you stick with the Fisher Price, and that's like the only thing you've got moving <laughs> forward, it. it's it's gonna get old quick. That's you it, know? Corey. All right. Um, yeah, and we did our duty. And at a certain point, it just doesn't land the same way. And so it is this kind of continual work of contextualizing the way that you're worshiping as a family around the holiday. And so it's it's not always gonna be the nativity scene, it's not always gonna be the adornments, but even as your kids get older, I'm thinking with the rise of TikTok and making videos, like mm-hmm. maybe it's like making making a, a TikTok about what the Christmas story is about, right? And it's like these Make different- a TikTok and send your Morgan, kids every you're morning. On. Yeah, yeah, go. And, <laughs> and but it's included. like prompting them, you know, instead of, cause I remember as a kid, like we used to do a whole like Christmas pageant with our cousins for our family. And that was our way to like get into the story. And we'd mm-hmm. dress up and plan it out as cousins and stuff like that. Oh, cause we were cool. a little older like at this, that time. You were doing this at home. Yeah, we were that's doing cool. it at home. And that's how we would like get into the story. And so it was called our like Christmas Eve extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did it at our house every year. And that only lasted maybe for I don't know, five or 10 years, because that's only good for so long. Mm -hmm. But I even think about like, man, how that would evolve to today of like, well, we don't really want to do like a pageant for our family, but to say like, hey, well, you love making videos, right? So like, let's, let's have, let's prompt our kids who are maybe older now to make a video about the Christmas story and play it out, you know? Well, that's huge too, because if you're actually the one teaching the story, you're learning too, you know, like you become a better learner as you're teaching it and stuff and that's really cool because like i could just see you probably learned a lot yeah it it forces you to be like i want to be as accurate as possible you know like it forces you to dig in on a different level so yeah so i i think that's kind of even a cool note coming out of what you guys are saying and kind of the different stages that your kids are in but like these traditions of worship they need to evolve like there's no magic key that's like oh well we unlocked how we worship for christmas and it's going to be that way moving forward like we see that in all forms of worship, they're continually evolving because our our hearts are just not consistent. You know, like we're, we're kind of up and down. And so worship needs to reflect where your family's at, right? Like it needs to be a reflection of where your family's at, but still taking time, no matter the season that you're in, to connect with God and to appreciate all that he's done for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been a great conversation chopping this up, you guys. I appreciate you taking the time. 
and hopefully you've got some good tangible takeaways about uh, just how you can worship with your family together. And uh, as always, maybe drop a tradition of worship that you have there in the comments and uh, maybe share this with a friend or maybe it's even your uh, brother or your sister, your brother, sister-in-law and like, hey, let's do this this year. Let's, let's do a tradition of worship. Let's build that for our kids. Uh, but we'd encourage you to just take that next practical step. Uh, and we'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.